0: Today, um, we have a special guest. I don't know if you guys have ever heard me talk about my parents. They're actually missionaries to Belgium, um, and we support them, and they are here today. And I decided to ask my dad uh, if he'd want to talk to us. Um, this is Tom Benegas. Dad, wanna... um, this is my dad. He's, he's spoken a few times here before with uh, some of our married groups and stuff like that, but uh, I'm going to actually stay up here with him and help him. Is that cool with you guys? No, uh, Logan said no. Sorry, Dad. What? You're on your own. <laughs> no, you got to right. be here. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <I'm> his bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, all the children
1: are back there. Right? <laughs> That's right. Amen. Wow. Chris, what a great presentation. And God yeah. bless you and your work. <laughs> Amen. Well, it's great to be back today uh, with you, and uh, we've always enjoyed uh, our time here so much. And I just want to say hi to Tim. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Tim. <laughs> you guys are in Oklahoma. I was born in Tulsa, and uh, half of my relatives are still in Oklahoma and uh, in, uh, what is it, Catoosa, and Ada <laughs> in Oklahoma. So, Tim, if you don't mind, uh, tell my relatives I said Hello. <laughs> amen what a great time we've had already in the service ha- hasn't been wonderful amen. Rachel what a great job with your guitar band and drums and a keyboard man is I just it is incredible you guys are so lucky blessed <laughs> lucky <laughs> you know real religious people say don't say lucky <laughs> okay I won't <laughs> I'll say blessed but then non-religious people say lucky <laughs> so lucky I don't know but anyway what an incredible moment we had this morning in fact, in the worship times, I hope that you take advantage of them because what happens during worship is you, the Holy Spirit begins to touch you in a special way and touch your spirit, very innermost part of us. And that spirit begins to exude out into your intellect. And I was just thinking, I had a thousand ideas in my mind of stuff I need to do this week, books I want to write. All kinds of stuff happens when we worship God. And so you need to bring a little piece of paper. And in the worship moment... You know, write down the title of your next book, you know, <laughs> or, or, or whatever you got to do this week. It's just incredible how creative the Holy Spirit is inside of us when we worship God. And thank you, Rachel, for bringing us right to the throne room of the Lord to be able to just touch our lives. And and, uh, and so it's just great to be uh, here today. My wife last night spoke at a women's uh, uh, group at a church in uh, Winterhaven. A really interesting thing happened. For the last month, I've been thinking about a Christmas message or what to talk about around Christmas time, and one word kept coming back to me, and it was the word Emmanuel. And I remember the Amy Grant song. I just loved it so much. She was uh, about Emmanuel. I won't sing it for you, because then I wouldn't have anyone to preach to. (laughs) But what a great song that was, and and, uh, so this thought I was reading in... um, where was it? Uh, Matthew chapter 1, is verse 23 is uh, the beginning, actually the New Testament uh, repeat of the prophecy from Isaiah chapter uh, 7. And uh, reading through that, and that word Emmanuel just stuck out in my mind. This was a month ago. So um, last night I'm with uh, the pastor, it's a women's meeting, and so men aren't allowed, and we're just, you know, we went over and ate some nachos, because we don't have nachos in Europe. He said, you have anything you want. I said, okay. Anything I want, (laughs) I want some really, really good junk food, you know, because we don't, you know, everything in Europe, it's got to be healthy, you know, really good ham, really cheese, you know, and the healthy stuff. But here, you know, I need some nachos. (laughs) So we're talking, I said, Mike, what have you been, what have you been preaching in in service? He, you know what, you never guess, I've been in a four-week series tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is the third week, and then we'll finish next week, but I've been talking about the word Emmanuel. (laughs) <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, so I said, "Well, what is it?" And he went through the series, and he told me some stories he's told, and it's. I thought, "Man, that's really cool." So this morning we get up, and uh, we're getting ready to come, and I'm watching on TV. Uh, my wife was watching, and then she. I, I get dressed first because I got to be ready when she's ready, and and uh, that's the way it is. You know, you, you just got to be ready cuz she's she's not going to be on time so you got to be ready to go so anyway she's watching her favorite pre-TV preacher is a guy named David Jeremiah and uh, I like him as well so we're watching I'm I'm she's you know am it's halfway through and I'm I'm sitting there and, and uh uh, it's the volume is really low because I'm reading a book too, and and uh, I hear him say the word Emmanuel. I'm going what? And I turn the volume up, and he's preaching a, so- a sermon on 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 the word Emmanuel. And I'm going whoa. Maybe I am in line with what the Holy Spirit wants us to say today. You know, this is really cool. Um, but um, uh, just going back to Isaiah chapter nine verse six, it says, "For us a child is born; to us a son is given." And a government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And just, you know, there's, this is a very prophetic word and, uh, uh, that, that Isaiah was, was, was speaking about in the process of talking to some other people. But, but then um, going back just two chapters, verse uh, chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign a virgin will be with child and will give you will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel and uh the word Emmanuel is defined as God with us and uh and I, you know all these things are coming together in my mind I'm I'm trying to figure out you know what exactly it is but but in the new testament then this it's a it's a quote from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 the virgin will be with a child and will give a, to a, give us a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And uh, I was just standing over there just a few minutes ago, and we're singing, and this thought just comes to me about the historic historic progress of religion. And uh, this is my, if I ever write a book, it'll probably be on this subject, but I'll probably never write it, But but here's what came to me. <laughs> It'd be a great book, but actually it's been written, so I don't need to write it, but (laughs) Um, the progress in the world today, the West has made such incredible progress. And Chris kind of alluded to it, how in South Africa you've got got the incredible progress, a nuclear reactor, but at the same time, the greatest depravity on the planet probably is right there where they're working. Of, of what people do to each other, the, the, you, so you 've got this incredible progress, but you 've also got where the world has been for the last six thousand years, where there 's no progress and and there 's been a lot of religions who have tried to make some progress and, uh, along the line and, and and for instance, like the Buddhists in and they 've had four thousand years to make some progress, but what they 've done is they 've taken you backwards into a more backwards way of view because they Progress by emptying their minds. And they don't, the, you, you, the closer, the more you empty your mind, the closer you get to God. Except God, you know, doesn't teach us that way. He more the, the more you fill your heart with the Holy Spirit, the closer you get to God. And then uh, every religion, you can just go down the line of, uh, what? Just yourself. Okay. Um, you can go down the line of every major religion that has had the opportunity to make progress and, and there is still zero progress among them. But if you look at, at at Christianity and the powerful creativity that the Holy Spirit gives to mankind, uh, we had a, a great open door for progress and made a little bit of progress, and then the church kind of went backwards. But then since the Reformation, the West has capitalized on the most creative few hundred years in the history of mankind to where we have today the most incredible progress and it's all because that god is with us and the creative power of the holy spirit is a part of us and 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 we've been able to make incredible progress in the world where we live today and at this very moment in our world there is a war going on with this thought god with us the, the world wants to erase the idea of God with us. And so that's the dilemma that we're facing, especially in the West, in Europe especially, but also in the United States. And so what we've tried to do in order, not, not us, but what, what in order to erase the idea, they try to make politics a personality. And so we attack the personality. But the truth is the personality is trying to vie for the... the, the um, uh, how do you say this uh, Vi for the uh, uh, right rights to, to to continue the progress the creative progress, but at the same time there's a war on this very idea to try to erase that because we want a world where there is no religion we want we're trying to erase the cross from the marketplace. The very thing that our founding fathers did their very best but under the creative power of the holy spirit in the process of writing our constitution of this country they they uh, erected the cross and 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 the creative power has has and, and the blessing of god came and it's just been so but today it's it's going backwards we're trying to erase that progress maintain the technological power but erase the the foundation of where the whole thing came from and that would be a good book for someone to write in. But Isaiah prophesies Emmanuel, God with us. And i got to tell you that we are such a privileged people. The only people in in, in history that can say God is with us. Islamic people. And and now Brussels, now where we live, Brussels is a little bit over 30% Islamic. And and the whole West is sort of embracing this idea, thinking that they can contain them, which is a huge mistake, but uh, that's political. So I... I, I don't want to say that don't say that but uh, <laughs> how deceived uh, the world can be when you get away from God with us when we get away from God with us deception just totally blows us and, and, and ruins our our, our 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 whole lives but Isaiah said God is with us and Matthew said God is with us and 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 uh, God was with the disciples. And just, this is all introductory to what, what we're going to say in just a minute, but, but God is with us. And just ask the disciples. I mean, for the first time, historically, on a regular basis, God was with them. And so everything, you know, from the, the calling of the disciples, when Jesus is, you know, in Luke, what is it, two, chapter 2, I think it is, 2 or 5, um, uh, Jesus is, is teaching the people and Uh, Peter is over there, had been out all night fishing, caught nothing, washing his nets, getting ready for the next uh, tide to be able to, or whatever it is that the moon does to make fishing good. They they knew that. And and so, you know, I've never known that. So when I go fishing, it's just, you know, (laughs) rough. rough, Yeah. (laughs) Or could we say boring, you know? (laughs) No, don't say that don't say, one. don't say, anyway, here, here, Jesus is teaching. He's got a huge crowd of people and he keep on pressing him into the water. And he says, Hey, Peter, is it okay if I use your boat for just a little while? I need to finish the sermon and then we'll talk. And uh, Peter's no doubt said, well, of course, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, uh, it's doing me no good, you know, so go ahead and use the boat. And so Jesus gets in the boat, gets out of little way, finishes his sermon to the people and shares with them and then turns to Peter and says, "Hey, oh, uh, how you doing, Peter?" And Peter says, "Well, <laughs> it's a rough night, caught nothing." So, "Well, why don't you just go out a little ways and put your nets on that side of the boat and uh, drop them into the water." And Peter says, "Are you serious? We've been out there all night and caught nothing." But because you said, to do it i'll do it okay so he goes out there incredible faith in peter you know he knows i'm gonna drop the nets and catch nothing you know (laughs) great faith (laughs) so he goes out there and just knowing he's absolutely sure i'll drop the nets catch nothing drop the nets and you know that the nets were so full of fish (laughs) so full of fish they, they, they it was almost impossible to get in the boat I mean it was and and it, it was because the Lord was with him and Peter came back and said Lord I'm I can't believe this and he wanted to get away from it because he felt so small compared to, to to what the Lord but but every moment the Lord was with them and they saw it over and over where he healed lepers. Where he touched people, he blessed people, he taught them, he defied the the uh, uh, religious structure because the religious structure had no room for God with us, and the Lord was trying to make it so He could be with. And so you ask the disciples, is God with us? And they'll say over and over, yes, he was. I mean, how many times were they walking? And it was impossible. They had no food. And Jesus said to them, oh, we got this 5,000-person crowd. Why don't you go take care of them? I mean, they've been here a long time. They're hungry. 7-Eleven is closed. <laughs> and they said, "But What? And he said, "Go feed them." Yeah, you 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 guys do it. Take care of them. And he said, "Well, uh, that's impossible." And he said, "Well, what do you have?" Well, we got this little boy here. He's offered his five fish and two loaves of bread. And he says, "Well, bring him over here." And he blessed them. And he began to break them. You know, wouldn't it have been incredible to be a disciple at that moment, being right there with the Lord? He begins to break, just break these little sandwiches up. And he fed more than 5,000 people. God with us. Yeah, As the disciples, they'll say, yes, he is. He's with us. But then... Jesus went and died. (laughs) And the disciples are going, what are we going to do now? (laughs) And you know, everything the Lord does has purpose. Everything. And uh, he happened to need to take a three-day break to finish his work. And in order to do that, he needed to die. Because the world structure didn't like it that he had done nothing wrong. And so they want to kill him. But he needed to die. Because in death, and I might say the injustice for him of death, because he had done nothing wrong, he goes to talk to the devil. He goes to the lower parts of the earth. And in the process of, of that, and I might just add that just before that, he had that happened, he had been teaching, and he said, uh, John 14, 26, he says, um, And the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father was in my name, will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. And in Luke, er, in, in John chapter 15, uh, verse uh, 26, he says, When the counselor comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And he's pre- making these little predictions along the route. And then he goes and dies. But in the process of death, he has this discussion with the devil. <laughs> I would have liked to have been there. Wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't have been fun just to, to just a to, well, no, it wouldn't, because it was, you know, in the wrong place, a uh, place we don't want to go, but talking there and he's down there and and just kind of minding his own business and uh finally just about two and a half days into it he goes and knocks on the devil's door an office door and the devil just is so happy because he's got the lord in his clutches and the lord says to him you know uh uh i want the power of death back that you had taken, you know, a few thousand years ago when you tempted in the garden, you know, you that little thing, he said, I want that power back. And uh, the devil is smiling, saying, oh, no, look where you are. You're totally in my power and in my control. And he says, wait a minute, the only problem with that is uh, that you killed me and I didn't do anything wrong. I want the power of death back. <laughs> I don't know for sure what happened. No, there was this confrontation with the devil and I think the Lord won because then when Peter and Mary and the disciples got to the tomb the next morning, it's empty. I'm telling you, something happened down there. Making it possible for the counselor, his prediction about the counselor coming, that he could be with us. And today, today, what, how incredible it is to be able to say that the Lord is with us. He's with us right now. He's with us in our car on the way to the restaurant to get some more nachos. He's with us this afternoon when we have the big conflict with what to watch on TV. He's with us tomorrow morning, the first day at work. He's with us no matter where we go. He is. Is with us so we want to talk to you for this morning about Emmanuel if God is with us Romans 8 26 if God is with us it says in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness we don't know what to pray for but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express now he taught the disciples how to pray in uh uh, what is it matthew chapter 7 matthew chapter 5 in matthew (laughs) he said when you pray say our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on on earth as is heaven give us this day our daily bread lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the power of the evil one and etc but that's what we know but what about the things that we don't know do you know He is with us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he says here that he's with us when we pray in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for as we ought, or at least we forget, or we get to the end of our prayer list of things to pray for. And suddenly he says that the holy spirit will take over he intercedes for us for us with groans and words that words cannot express that's the power of pentecost that's the power of the lord with us because when we pray it says he prays through us if god is with us he helps
0: us pray number two if god is with us romans 8 28 says and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So I've, I've been in a lot of services where I've felt the presence of God, and I know he was with us. And I've been in prayer times, group prayer times, and, and personal prayer times where I've felt the presence of God. But if God is always with us, then how should that change our perspective on things? So when we go through, have rough days, when we have, even when we have great days, we've gotta acknowledge the fact that he's with us. He's there all the time with us. The Spirit's with us, he's leading us, he's guiding us. And so if you think of it in that perspective, how is it gonna change how you approach everyday things? When, you're, when your dog pees on the floor or you get in a car accident or something, anything that happens, if all things work together for the good, then you've gotta look at it from his perspective. And that's hard sometimes. But if we love him and we're called according to his purpose, that's, that's, there's power in that, guys. There's power in it.
1: And number three, if God is with us, do we have here, who can be against us? I just love this. This is so powerful. And this is something we really need to dig, plant deep into our hearts. That if God is with us. It says, Romans 8.31, what shall we say then in response to it? If God is, is for us, who can be against us? And we got to just realize this, that when we accept Christ and he is with us, we will never be in a situation, ever, but what? He isn't there to help us. Now, have you ever had a prayer that you prayed and... Uh, it wasn't answered. I mean, I I prayed and God didn't do anything. I I God I, didn't you say? It, but do you know, as Brady mentioned earlier, that that uh, all things work together for the good of those. And you know, God is with us. And sometimes He doesn't answer our prayer, at least according to our timetable. I like to say that God has two clocks. Or, I mean, there are two clocks. There's my clock of how I want things, and there's God clocks, God's clock, about how He answers our prayers, how He helps us, how how He's always there for us, and how He turns negative things into good things for us. And and if 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 God is with us, then who can be against us? And He is with us. So who who is it that can be against us if we walk with Him?
0: Number four, if God is with us, Romans 8, 33, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. So we're, I, I know sometimes uh, when when things, when someone makes a comment to me or something, not even a legal thing necessarily, bringing a charge against me, but when someone says something to me, I get defensive and I'm like, no, 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 this is how it is, and I'll tell them how it is. <laughs> you, you can ask Lacey. <laughs> I'll tell you how it is. But, if If God is the one who justifies them, we don't even necessarily need to say anything. Um, This reminded me of the story in uh, Daniel with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who we know as Rakshak and Benny, thanks to Pastor Tim um, from the Veggie Tales. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are thrown into the fiery furnace because they didn't bow to the golden statue. So what better illustration than God being with them? I mean, literally, Jesus is there with them. And he appears with them and no part of them is singed or touched by the fire. And uh, the charges were brought against them and God is the one who justified them. They didn't have to say anything. I think that speaks for itself, right? <laughs> um, so if God is with us, who can bring a charge against us? God will, will justify us. Uh so, um, number five here. If God is with us, Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That pretty much says it all, guys. There's not much more I need to say there. <laughs> um For to us, a child was born, and he was Emmanuel. He's God with us. And the government shall be placed on his shoulders. And that's a spiritual government. That's a government that transcends any earthly government. He has complete control. Can I have uh, Rachel, if you want to come back up? So, I just want to ask you guys today, um, some of these things can be a struggle for us if God is with us. Some of us struggle with weakness. We have a certain weakness that we go through, and we we have an issue, and and sometimes it's hard to know God is there. Some of us um, forget that all things work together for the good, and it, it makes hard days even harder. And some of us, uh, some of us just have things coming at us all the time, whether it's from people, whether it's from any, any place, and it's hard to remember God's presence is with us. Some of us have people just coming at us, and we get defensive, and we just got to realize God justifies us, and then we got to know that God cannot be separate from us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And I just want to know, every head bowed and every eye closed, if one of these things gets to you, if if God's working on you right now and you say, man, I struggle with weakness or I struggle with getting mad when people come at me and I don't let God justify me, or sometimes you just feel alone. You don't feel like his presence is with you. If you have a need in any one of these areas, we want to pray for you. Rachel's going to play a song, and my dad and I will be up here. And if you just feel this, we'll have some other people come up and pray with you. If you feel any one of these things, if you feel that these things, if God is talking to you about these things, we just want to pray with you.